Coming up today on the Lockdown Hornets podcast, we recap the Houston Rockets game. Is it the end of an era here in Charlotte? Doug yells at Andre Drummond and this. Folky flames. He did the, he gave you the folky pokey. (laughs) You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. In a minute, cuz we live. We live. That's the kind of loss I like to see. A couple good performances from your kids. Old guys not necessarily in the rotation except for one and barely in the rotation. Playing a superior team where they weren't going to win, even if they gave you some false hope in the first half. And that's only going to help your draft odds. But I left this game feeling good about the Hornets. And we go with some of the losses. They All the losses help your draft odds at the same value. But when you look this good against the Houston Rockets, you know you're going to lose this game. But you don't look disastrous like you do against the Wizards when you can't score at all. Like I feel good about this, man. I haven't felt this good about a loss in quite some time, Doug. They had a youthful energy, which makes sense because they played a lot of youth. Uh, they scored well in this game, 110. The Houston Rockets not known for their defense, so you like to see this Hornets team step up and score, and they had a little bit of pace going. We haven't seen that from the Hornets this season. In fact, they've been the slowest team this season. Yes, dead last. Dead last in pace, and we all know the importance of getting up and down in the league, and especially for a team that's not – the greatest at half-court execution. You want to see them moving moving up and down the floor, getting points. Uh, a lot of turnovers in this game for the Hornets. That probably didn't help uh, matters much. They couldn't stop fouling uh, James Harden, and that's pretty common around the league. He's very annoying to play against. But, yeah, I'm with you, man. I, I actually like this loss. It's degrees of losses at this point for the rest of the season as they close out these final 20-plus games. My God, you mentioned the turnovers. I didn't realize that Houston only had four. Like, I realized the Hornets had 17. I didn't realize that Houston only had four turnovers in this game. And Harden had three of them, so only one other player had one other mishap. Well, that's what happens when you have a ton of three-point shooters that that can hit pull-up yeah. jump shots, and you, you don't have to move the ball necessarily inside out when you're the Houston Rockets. And you have a player in James Harden that you give the ball to, and he just does things. And so... Yeah, I mean they That's they can, just analysis right there. They what well, what I'm saying is he doesn't have to be distributed to and he's not really looking to pass a ton, so it's going to limit the amount of turnovers that your team sustains. He just does things. Okay. That's the only kind of analysis that you're going to find here on That's the good analysis. podcast. Simple analysis in and out, baby. He does things just and only 3 turnovers for him and we've seen James Harden. I mean, he's been uh atop the league as far as turning the ball over constantly. But in this game, only three. That was something I noticed. So you look at the box score. Doug, a lot of good performances from all of the young players, right? Let's start with Cody Martin, who continues to get more minutes. 36 minutes. The dude is playing with so much confidence. Two of four, uh, shooting the long ball. Five of nine from the field. 12 points. Offensively looks good, man. I mean, Cody Martin is awesome. And I feel like he's given you the most improvement this season. If we're going to go from one part of the season to another the beginning of this year to the end at least where we are right now I I can't give you another player that's improved more than him well it's the steadiest improvement right because if you're looking just most improved I would well, say it, it's not still, most dramatic to you well no I'd say that's Devonte Graham now he has uh, what From I'm the saying, beginning of the season 
Well, what I'm saying is Devontae Graham has had the most stark improvement. Yes, it, it regressed somewhat. Cody Martin's improvement has been steady. Yeah, I, I just think the biggest gap, right, regardless of how steady it's been, regardless of a roller coaster, I don't know how they got there. But as far like expectation wise, certainly nobody thought Devontae was going to do this. But from what we've seen at the beginning of the season, man, I've been crazy impressed with what Cody has done here recently. And the dude, I mean, I, I keep saying this. He looked scared. He looked shook with the basketball in his hands and he had to do something offensively. And now he is playing with confidence, forcing the defense to dictate what he does to them. I agree with you. Five of nine from the field, two of four from three. And one of those was was a pull-up jump shot over good defense. And that's not something you saw from Cody Martin, even when he was in college. 12 points, five rebounds, one assist, did have three turnovers. Uh, Not the only one that had multiple turnovers in this game. So you can't really blame him for that. But Cody Martin, obviously, he has the trust of, of James Borrego because he gets his first career start in this game as a rookie because P.J. Washington, they're working him back from injury uh, 24 minutes in this game. We'll see if P.J. gets back into the starting lineup. That may sound crazy to some people, but we've seen James Borrego. Guy gets injured. They you know, find something that works, and Borrego tends to stick with it. So it'll be interesting to see these next couple of games. Does P.J. Washington work his way back into the starting lineup? Because it's not only a Cody Martin thing. It's a Miles Bridges thing. Yeah, I wanted to save that for last because he has been the best as far as the five games here. The six games, I, I think may, it, it's certainly a, a nice handful of a stretch for Miles, but we haven't seen a little this bit of a stretch. A little bit of a stretch in season. Miles has given it to you. How about his stat line? Eight of 17. 20 points, only one of seven from beyond the arc, but he was hitting all of his shots and being aggressive close to the rim. 15 rebounds, a block and a steal, no turnovers, no assist. But I think this is the type of player maybe hitting a couple more threes or at least shooting better from three than what he did. That's the kind of player you want to see. You mentioned him being more aggressive yesterday, Doug. Only mentioned him a little bit, but mentioning how aggressive he's been, that's something that he... uh, told everyone why he thinks he's playing so much better right now he's he thinks that it's his mindset he's playing with a sense of belonging and I don't know if we've seen that from him all season long I I don't know if this can be prolonged right I don't know but man I mean he's looked good Uh, you got to give him credit well certainly you have to give him credit but you also have to understand the context of this situation it's time to have that conversation Walker about P.J. Washington and Miles Bridges and can these two players play together because this Miles Bridges explosion coincides pretty neatly with P.J. Washington missing time and Miles Bridges moving to the power forward position. I think Miles is just more comfortable playing that four spot and also note that in this game, Cody Martin guarded James Harden. Oh, that's, that's, that flows out of the mouth. Cody Martin guarded James Harden. <laughs> I like that. Anyway, Miles Bridges wasn't the one guarding the best player on the floor, and it, allowed, it opened him up. It also opened him up to get rebounds, 15 rebounds in this game. I don't think any of that is an accident. And so this, this team has a little bit of a conundrum on their hands because P.J. Washington has played great this season. And the thing about that to me, that question, is that P.J. Washington still was pretty good despite battling an ankle injury last night. And I think you could see it affect him defensively, but 24 minutes, but even with miles four of nine PJ in just 24 minutes of play, eight rebounds, eight, eight points, I should say, excuse me. So Doug, I don't rebounds. know if it's, uh, I don't, I don't know if it's that 
can these guys play together? I really think it's can Miles play with PJ? Because I think PJ can play with Miles. I don't know if Miles can play with PJ. That's my biggest question because to me, I've always thought Miles profiled a lot better at the four and PJ can play four and five. I don't think Miles has played well at the three, but to me, PJ still plays well when Miles is on the floor. And man, you're right. I mean, it does line up pretty neatly with PJ's lack of minutes slash being out a couple games. I'll say this. I do not think that PJ Washington is going to be a like a long-term solution at the five. I mean, can he play some small ball five for a few minutes in a game? Yes. Is it, it, Do I envision a future lineup with Miles at the four and, and P.J. Washington at the five? I don't think that works because I don't think P.J. Washington is a skilled and physical enough rebounder to make that work, at least not yet. Maybe that develops. Oh, I, yeah. I, I think maybe, that can maybe change. That, maybe that changes. But right now, yeah. what I'm seeing, I don't see a physical rebounder when I look at P.J. Washington. Just saying. I think he's he's certainly physical on offense down low. I think we saw him move Harden out of bounds. I don't know if you saw that play when he scored on him. I mean, that was barbecue chicken. And I saw a few where a guard – well, I've seen a few times this season, not just against the Rockets, a few times this season where P.J. Washington has been boxed out or taken out of a play by a guard and not getting the rebound. That has to change if he wants no, that, to be considered a five. We have I, I to have the will. conversation. <laughs> Goodness gracious, Doug. We're having the conversation. We'll continue well, let's the conversation have it. in the second segment of the Lockdown Hornets podcast. We continue the Rockets recap as well as some of the trade rumors surrounding the Charlotte Hornets. Cody Martin guarding James Harden. This is Locked on Hornets. Decoys all over the place. They've got everybody down at the rim. Ball goes into biz. They do like an XFL style where the wide receiver runs to the line of scrimmage, except it's with Devontae Graham. He picks up a foul. I don't care what you say, Nate McMillan. More like Nate McVillan. Get out of here. Quit whining about the officials. You got plenty of calls. The Hornets got a call at the end of the game. I thought it was fair. Hornets win. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. My favorite play of the night did not come from a player. It actually came from the Hornets play-by-play announcer in responding to our very own Doug Branson on Twitter. Play-by-player. Felt the need, yeah, felt the need to go on Twitter and ask, Rogier, what you doing? By, by the way, course, by Doug, the way, by the way, by the way, thought that was solid analysis. It, ju- it came after Rozier fouled Harden for the second time in a, a, almost like three or four possessions between them when he fouled him for a three-point shot. And, but it wasn't just about that. It wasn't just about the fouling the the Harden on the three. There were some other plays I felt like were a little questionable on Rozier's part, some turnovers, some bad entry passes. So I love that analysis. Rozier, what you doing? Rozier, what you doing, spelled W-H-A-T-C-H-O-O, what, what, you, you, do, doing. what you doing. Only, only second to James Harden just does things in analysis from Doug Branson. <laughs> John Fokey decided to respond mid-game, commercial break, but mid-game, John Fokey, Hornets play-by-play announcer, came at Doug, just roasted mm. him, said, it's so hard to take up space against Harden. First one, I liked Terry being physical with him. Second one, just classic Harden step back and lean in for the foul. How do you contest a guy like him? It's just wild exclamation point. And you know that in the way that John Fokey is the most nice, the, the nicest person of all time, the, the, the most uh, generous dude with his time, has no problem coming on the show. John Fokey is amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah we get you it. You know that's as spicy as it gets when John Fokey comes Fokey at flames. you. He roasted you. Fokey, Fokey flames. Well, Fokey Pokey. A little pokey pokey from John. <laughs> Doug decided hey. to respond. 
are you saying he's hardened to guard? And then John Fokey had to relent. Well played, sir. Well played. Only encourage you. Which, and it wasn't. Big, I'll tell you, it wasn't because it got a big old eye roll from producer Katie. She was not oh, a fan. I, same from me. I thought about tweeting back and saying, please don't encourage him like that. That's what I thought about. But I mean, the damage is already done. Uh, love you, Fokey. Uh, please come back on the show, um, but also get back to work. Like tweeting me, tweeting me middle of the game. Like uh, the there's a game pokey. on. Uh, don't worry about all me. Get back to work. How about Cody Zeller playing 13 minutes in this game, Doug? And then zero other veterans. And really, you go to the Rich Cho era. The only other guys in the Rich Cho era that played in this game, besides Cody Zeller, it was Dwayne Bacon, the mm-hmm. second round pick from Rich Cho. Malik Monk who called played Dwayne Wade minutes. after the draft. Couldn't <laughs> <laughs> even, right. even get the name right. Yeah, he, th- he actually thought he was drafting Dwayne Wade. And uh, instead ended up with Bacon, Malik Monk, Dwayne Bacon, Cody Zeller, the only guys that played from the Rich Cho era. And if you want to even go further than that, it it was just Cody Zeller uh, as the only veteran, really, that played in this game. Man, are we at it? And maybe Hernan Gomez, too. I guess he did trade for him. Um, Man, end of an era, Doug, right? I mean, does it seem like that with this, as Rick Bennell would say, harder pivot to youth? I mean, does it seem like this is the end of an era? 13 minutes from Cody Zeller last night. Man, we're, I mean, we're closing in on a time when we're going to be watching Hornets basketball and and no player on the roster will have worn that delicious Bobcats orange. I mean, this is, you're watching history unfold here. DNPs for Batum, Biombo. Michael Kidd Gilchrist, who I, I don't even remember seeing him on the bench. Like, this guy's just disappeared into the ether. And then now Marvin Williams and, yeah, Cody Zeller looking around. I mean, it is you – know, obviously, this is a good thing. The Hornets are have shifted completely into their youth. We knew this was going to happen. I feel like the timing is right on, on it. But it is a little sad. Uh, this is a this is a Hornets era that we exclusively it's covered. Stockholm syndrome at its finest. It's Whoa. a little sad that this is ending. <laughs> a lot of missed opportunity. I mean, I look at that DNP and I meant missed opportunities. You know, Batum had that that one season uh, that really propelled the Hornets into the playoffs, and then had some injuries that that really hurt their ability to beat to finish off that series against Miami. Biombo has just been a fan favorite uh, for you know he's one of these guys that. Um, you know, his first part of his run here with the Charlotte franchise, he couldn't get right necessarily, couldn't catch the ball. And then we've seen him come back to this franchise and he transformed into a competent offensive player. And then just as he was doing that, he gets the DNPs now. So it's, it's all a little somber for me, even though I know, just like you know, that this is good for the franchise and brighter days are ahead. Still, we can sit back and reflect a little bit. Doug, are you giving voice to the eulogy? Are we saying it's time to give the eulogy after the Rockets game? Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't expect, unless there's an injury, I don't expect, I would rather see Caleb Martin brought up from Greensboro before I saw Nick Batum or or MKG play again. And you bring up Caleb Martin. That brings up an interesting point to me because there have been some rumblings that maybe a couple of buyouts might take place with the Charlotte Hornets. And I just don't know why that would take place for any other fact than trying to create an open roster spot. Because if you don't trade Bismack Biombo or Marvin Williams at the trade deadline, it'll be 3 p.m. tomorrow, which will be a Thursday. So if the trade deadline comes and goes and you don't trade any of the veterans and you have a couple of guys on your expiring contract, I mean, MKG, I think all three of those guys have kind of been mentioned as a possible buyout I just don't get the point if I mean it doesn't really matter I guess if you just want to try to create 
an open roster spot, then fine. I guess that makes some sense. But then, you know, I, why don't you just let them play out the rest of the contract? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe there's some money savings. There's probably some cash dealings that we don't know about that the franchise yeah. that that MJ and company could save a few bucks. Uh, so if it does happen, th- that would I think that would be the only reason. And then yes, to but to open up a roster spot if you wanted to bring up like Caleb Martin, Kobe Simmons, and Spalding, and just bring the whole crew up, you would give yourself that availability. Uh, but I don't see any of these players playing again, barring an injury. Because it's mm-hmm. not about what Batum can bring or what Biombo can bring or what Marvin Williams can bring. I don't see Marvin being bought out. And I could be completely wrong about that. So, you know, I prepare for that. <laughs> but Marvin, I think, does add just the fact that he's been working with P.J. Washington. He's been working with guys. He stays in the, in the gym at practice and, and works on himself but works, on, works with others. I just think, why not just have that guy around for the rest of the season to help with player development? Yeah, I don't know if there's anybody else that's getting help with player development. Real quickly, one thing I wanted to mention, um, you know, I thought about saving it for the things that I learned at the end of this week, but I'll mention it now. I feel like Billy Hernan Gomez has been given a ton of chances with the Hornets, right? Like, it just seems like he's written for dead at times, and then somehow he finds his way back. Like, maybe you could have that same conversation with Malik, who goes to the DNPCD list every once in a while, but there's still always hope for Malik. Like, there's still always a guy that's 22 now. I don't know if you knew, but it was his birthday yesterday. Turned 22. The birthday boy, Eric Collins, B-boy. wanted you to know that it was Malik Monk's birthday yesterday. But Malik, also a different prospect, first-round pick, uh, showed you flashes quite a bit. I don't know. It just seems different to me. I feel like Billy would go to the bench longer stretches of time, would come back. Now he's back after I thought he was written off last season when we had, oh, he's hitting threes. He actually might get some playing time significantly over Cody Zeller. I don't know. I just think that was, I feel like Billy's got nine lives. Eric never mentions my birthday, by the way. Neither is Folky. Uh, we have birthdays. It's not just players. Other people are yep. important as well. Doug has declared war on all of the Hornets affiliated announcers, and I'm here for it. Uh, by by, by the way, by the way, I, I saw this on Twitter. I can't remember who tweeted it, but certainly I feel like hundreds of people have tweeted this about Malik Monk. Well, he's only 22. We have to remember that. He's only 22. We keep hearing No, that, that was me. That was me you saw that from. Fine. You and, and 9,000 <laughs> others that I've seen this from. Here's the thing with that, okay? Mm. It doesn't matter how old you are. A, a franchise has a finite amount of time to evaluate whether you are going to be a piece that is going to be valuable to the franchise or whether you are not and would be more valuable moving you in in some kind of deal. So it doesn't matter that he's 22 years old. What matters is the clock is ticking on his contract and his value to other teams. So I don't care that he's 22. What I care about is, is he hitting three-point shots? Thankfully, he hit two of them against the Rockets. I hope he hits more. He's become a good scorer, a good passer, but I need some three-point shots from Malik Monk. Yeah, he's become good at those things, but ship him, even if he is 22. Happy birthday, though. That's uh, that's fun. Birthdays are fun. <laughs> 22, the big 2-2, Malik Monk Happy turning. birthday uh, to you. One more segment to go here on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. So if you don't believe in the moon landing, Mm -hmm. 
then what would you say is the greatest human achievement? I think the greatest achievement of all time, and I think it's Vince Carter doing 360s clockwise it's rather really than tough. counterclockwise. I've tried it. It's really tough. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Did you see the ridiculous tweet that we got from, I believed it was the Locked on NBA podcast of the ridiculous trade somebody sent in trying to guess a trade that was actually going to happen for our pre-bomb Woj bomb, Doug. And it was the rosters changing completely for about four different teams. And the Hornets just so happened to be included. And then somebody else, I think retweets that same entry and it gets like something, a thousand retweets, just ridiculous. It's amazing. I mean, the response has been crazy on the pre-bomb, the Woj bomb, by the way, not too late to enter that contest. This is a really cool thing that the Locked On Podcast Network is doing. It's called Pre-Bomb the Woj Bomb. You can win two tickets to see your favorite team in their home arena. We hope it's the Hornets. By guessing an NBA trade perfectly before it happens. Now, no one predicted this massive, historic four-team deal. So we don't have a winner yet. You can still pre-bomb the Woj Bomb. Here's how you do it. You go to any of the Locked On NBA Net accounts on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at Locked On NBA Net. Post the trade that you think will happen and tag five people, one, two, three, four, five, with your trade in your post. If you pre-bomb the Woj Bomb, then you have a chance to win two tickets to see your favorite team play in their home arena. Trades will be evaluated based on players and picks, not cash. If multiple people win, the first person with the correct trade is the winner. One winner will be chosen across all locked-on social accounts. If no one guesses the exact trade, the winner will be the, quote, one closest to the pin, unquote. So go now at LockedOnNBANet and pre-bomb the Woj Bomb with your trade at the trade deadline. There's still time at LockedOnNBANet. I'll be going dolo on Friday because you got something to do. But, Doug, I'm worried that Do- I'm going to Did you say to- dolo? I'm going to be going dolo. What solo is, dolo. What is dolo? What is the D for? It's the follow <laughs> for solo dolo. Going to be dolo. What? Hold on. Dolo I don't. On Friday. What is dolo? I don't understand it. Have you ever heard of the term solo dolo? I haven't. Is that like solo dickering around? <laughs> Michael Dickerson. <laughs> <laughs> I beg solo what is solo dolo what does that mean i've heard yolo it's just solo dolo it's just something that rhymes with solo but dolo means nothing By myself man going solo dolo. where is this from or did you so just I'm make going, this up and then pretend that it's a thing is that is that what you've done here i'm gonna go dolo on friday doug and here's what i'm worried about i'm worried that i'm gonna have to come on the show friday by yeah. myself doplo and i'm gonna have to talk about a hornet's trade that they made that was really bad because there are a lot of rumors, Bogdan Bogdanovich, Julius Randle, even Andre Drummond doesn't seem to be exiting the trade rumors. Get out of here, Andre Drummond! Get out of here! <laughs> I tried to hold it together. I cut it. <laughs> Solo uh, Dolo. Man, I wish people. I wish people had the camera into. I mean, that was that well, was. People, a people think I'm just team. yelling in the mic, but I have to physically yeah. manifest it. But I can't just. I can't. I'm not one of these people that just like sits in the chair, you know, stoically, and then like modulates my voice for the excitement. I have to. I move my hands a lot. Like if you see me reading 
the ads sometimes. I mean, you you see it, Walker. No one else sees it. But I have to move my hand. I'm like a conductor. I'm conducting the symphony that is the Locked On Hornets podcast. Yeah, you're a regular John Williams. But what got me there was that you looked off to the camera, acting like you were looking at someone. I guess Andre Drummond in this instance. Andre, and get out got of away here. from the mic and asked him angrily to get off of your lawn. Get out of here. We don't want you. We're moving on. It's youth movement. Don't come back. So I don't think any of those deals actually happen, but there's been enough smoke to maybe think that there's going to be a fire. Now, here's the thing. I don't want that smoke. If Mitch Kupchak actually is calling all of these teams and just putting feelers out there just to see if he can pull a fast one on someone, then actually not only okay job by Kupchak, but good job, right? Always do the due diligence and see if you can pull a fast one on dumb teams like the New York Knicks. Cool. I'm here for the rumors if you don't pull something stupid off yourself. But if you actually pull the trigger, then, yeah, this is going to be bad. And even despite all of the comments that Mitch Kupchak has had saying we're not going to be big players in free agency, that would, I think, kind of uh, relate itself to getting one of these other players that have been mentioned. Um, then if he pulls the trigger on that, then it's going to be a problem for me. That's it. I mean, you don't what you don't want to see after the trade deadline is the Hornets doing something that short circuits the rebuild or brings in a player that is going to disrupt the development of one of the guys that we feel like, one, or any of the players that are in the Rising Stars Challenge, the guys with the most potential to be future stars on this team. Devontae Graham, P.J. Washington, even Miles Bridges at this point, is re, he's re-entered the conversation now. He's part of the conversation. Uh, so what you want, you don't want Mitch Kupchak to team up with any other team to, to form a trade that's going to hurt the Hornets. What you want is Mitch Kupchak on February 6th to go solo dolo. Solo, try that again. Going mm. solo dolo. <laughs> Those Cody of you who Martin don't know. guarding James Harden. <laughs> <laughs> Those of you who don't know what happened in the trade last night, you probably saw it this morning, but it's tricky. It's most expensive deal in NBA history, but the Rockets get Robert Covington, Jordan Bell, and a 2024 second rounder. The Hawks get Clint Capella and Nene Hilario, which I've heard a million times, uh, the joke of, hey, he's still in the league. Timberwolves get your boy, Malik Beasley, Juan Hernan Gomez, Evan Mm. Turner, Jared Vanderbilt, and a 2020 first rounder. The Nuggets get Gerald Green, Kata Bates-Jopp, Shabazz Napier, Noah Vonley. 2020 first round pick from the Houston Rockets. I believe it's pronounced Juancho Hernan Gomez. Did I say Juancho? I said it's pronounced Juancho, like Billy Hernan Gomez. Turka glue. Does that have any effect on the Charlotte Hornets? What happened last night? I know you liked Malik Beasley, even though he wasn't even rumored to the Hornets, but any effect on the Hornets um, from what happened in this trade last night? I think it's, it, it, I think to me, it represents what I always thought about the trade deadline that it was going to be difficult for teams to really acquire big time assets to make their playoff run. They would have to make smaller moves. Now, I anticipated there being a few smaller moves happening and not this four-team bonanza of smaller moves all grouped into one. That is surprising. Uh, But I still think it's going to be difficult for the Hornets to make any kind of maneuver or participate in a trade that benefits them long-term. So, no, I don't think this changes any calculus. Other than... I think it actually helps the Hornets not make a bad move because it takes several teams out of the running 
to to maybe make another deal. So dolo, according to Urban Dictionary, means by yourself. I was right. I looked it up. It but means where does it come from? There is a song by Kid Cudi called Solo Dolo. Where it has originated from. I just went I solo like it was there for a, a second because phrase. you you dropped out. I just went solo dolo there for a second. <laughs> Thanks for listening. And remember, you can subscribe to this show on Get Apple Podcasts, Google Podcast, and Spotify. Make sure you follow us on Twitter. I'm on Twitter at Walker Mail. Doug on Twitter at Doug Branson, L-O-H. And our show handle is on Twitter at Lockdown Hornets. We'll be back on a NBA trade deadline day tomorrow um, to talk and maybe see if the Hornets actually get it.